and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. So as we approach the holidays, my social media feeds have just seemed flooded with quilts showcasing fussy cut fabrics. And I think it's because there are so many cute Halloween and Christmas novelty prints featuring the cutest little designs and motifs in the fabric, and it definitely makes you want to highlight those in your quilts. For those who haven't heard the term before, fussy cutting refers to the process of selectively cutting pieces from fabric to highlight a certain design or motif. So it's frequently done in English paper piecing um, and other types of quilts that use templates to really showcase fabric to create um, maybe the look of mirrored images or centered images across a block or a quilt but it's also very easy to do in traditionally pieced quilts as well. So on today's show, we wanted to share some tips for fussy cutting for all those wanting to try or just wanting to improve their skills. The first important thing to know is that if you plan to fussy cut fabrics, you'll need to buy more fabric than the pattern calls for. So depending on the repeat of the motif across the fabric, you'll be cutting kind of random sections here and there from the fabric, um, which some people call Swiss cheesing your fabric because it makes your fabric very holy. <laughs> um, so you should always plan to buy more than listed in your pattern. And then just be prepared to waste sections of the fabric to achieve this look in your quilt. I know some quilters that just don't like fussy cutting at all specifically because it does waste some fabric and of course um, the money that you spent on it. But if you really want that look in your quilt and it will make you happy, it's worth the investment. So before you cut into your fabric, consider starching it. So many times when you're fussy cutting, you may be cutting fabric on the bias, like you're not always maybe cutting things straight on the fabric as, you know, they're printed. They might be printed sideways or a little bit wonky here and there. So you may be cutting uh, bias edges into your pieces, which of course can stretch or distort, um, which can make them not the right size or make them harder to sew with other pieces or uh, it may be messing up your fussy cutting um, look that you wanted because it stretched a certain way. So sometimes just a quick starch with a spray um, can really help the fussy cut shapes maintain their correct shape and and if you are working with bias cut pieces just handle them um, in a limited way. So only touch them and move them if you need to. Otherwise, just kind of let them sit on your cutting mat until you're ready to sew. So when you're cutting fabrics, you have a lot of options. So there are a lot of rulers out there specifically made for fussy cutting um, in all different shapes and sizes. 
Um, so many of the rulers have lines to help you visualize your seam allowance. And then also like a center point printed on the ruler so that you can center the shape and make sure you're not losing any part of your motif in the seam allowance. But if you don't want to invest in a new ruler or a template, you can also tape off the size of the piece you need to cut on your own ruler with paint, like painter's tape. And this can help you just center and more easily cut your pieces. And this works best for common shapes like squares and rectangles. If you're getting into maybe different motifs like hexagons or uh, maybe triangles um, or, you know, other shapes for fussy cutting or even applique, you can make your own templates pretty easily by tracing the shape you need onto a clear acrylic template plastic, which you can buy at your local quilt store or even on cardstock you have lying around. And then you cut the shape out and you can kind of use that as a viewing window and then to position this on your fabric and then you trace around the designs and then you can cut them out with either a scissors or a rotary cutter. So no matter which method you're using to cut, just remember that your fabric will lose that quarter inch all the way around your cut pieces for the seam allowance. So don't cut your design too close or make your template too small. I've heard many horror stories from quilters um, that they've maybe cut a motif of a person or an animal a little too close. Um, and they lost the head in the seam allowance. So their finished quilt had some uh, decapitated pictures on it. <laughs> so of course you don't want that to happen. So just remember that seam allowance and leave that extra room. So when you're sewing your fussy cut fabrics into blocks or into a larger quilt top, you might wanna double check that your pieces are facing the way you are intending them to. So you don't want to look at your finished quilt and see fabrics maybe accidentally turned sideways or upside down. Although if you're making, say, like a table runner, um, where people will be sitting on both sides of the table runner, you may want to alternate which way the motifs are facing so people can see the blocks facing their way on both sides. Um, another popular kind of fussy cutting design is an I spy quilt, which you might make for kids. Um, and that can be fun to turn blocks every which way so that they can have fun searching and looking around the quilt. So, but just be conscious of that when you're sewing things together that you're making sure things are facing the way you want them to. So we have one last tip for fussy cutting. Uh, and this tip applies mostly to fussy cutting panel prints or fabrics with larger motifs. So sometimes just with the way fabric is printed and stretched across a bolt of fabric, uh, the motifs may not um, be absolutely square. Uh, and this can be especially noticeable if you're trying to cut a square shape or a rectangle shape. So if you're finding that the motif isn't as squared up as you like, try stretching the panel or the fabric along the bias in the opposite direction to even things out. This can sometimes work wonders with wonky type of fabrics um, and just get it looking a little more straight for you. And there you have it. So hopefully those tips can help with your fussy cutting experience. Um, fussy cutting can add whimsy to a quilt if you're using novelty prints. 
It can add a look of sophistication if you're playing with design elements like maybe stripes or paisley prints. And it can also just be a great way to highlight things a person loves when you're making a quilt for them. I especially like to do this when I'm making gifts for others because um, I think it's a fun surprise for them to look at and see things that they love, these little motifs around the quilt. I also just think that fussy cutting adds this layer of intention and thought and personalization to a quilt, which is just so special. And you can really tell that it took time to line everything up and make these thoughtful choices in your quilt. So if you want to see more info about making your own templates for fussy cutting, we'll link to some resources in our show notes. We know that that's really helpful to see, um, so you can do that for your own quilt. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're chatting with Rianne Minardi Morrison. Welcome back. I'm handing the mic over to Elizabeth Stumbo, our art director for American Patchwork and Quilting, for her chat with Rianne Minardi Morrison. Enjoy! Hi, Rianne. It is such a pleasure to have you as a guest on our podcast today. I am just so excited to chat with you today about all of your passion for modern quilting and to share your quilting journey with our listeners. Thanks so much for having me and I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, so I always love hearing quilters story of origin, if you want to call it that. So I guess I would like to start out with just having you share with us and our listeners um, maybe what or who first inspired you to pick up your needle and thread maybe what your first quilt project was, um, and just maybe who taught you how to get started sewing. I have a feeling you have a really interesting story here to share. <laughs> yeah, so maybe my story is not uh, not uh, the same as other people's, but I, I didn't grow up sewing at all. I kind of resisted it. I'd never wanted to be in home ec or anything uh, until after college. Uh, I had just found myself um, sort of out of a job. I wanted to be a magazine writer. Uh, my magazine closed two weeks after I graduated and I didn't have another job lined up or anywhere to stay. So I went to live with my grandmother uh, in Des Moines and she is uh, an amazing, was an amazing traditional quilter, has had been quilting for a very long time. And uh, I wanted to be a, like a thrifty, um, like savvy, fat little, you know, fashionista maybe, and like take Goodwill finds and tailor them to my body and learn how to sew so that I could um, create garments for myself. Um, and my grandma was like, no, no, that's too hard. Let's start with something easier, like a quilt. <laughs> Good like, idea. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. A quilt is a quilt. You know, you only have to sew straight lines. Um, you can follow the pattern. You don't have to like do any like crazy math if you're following a pattern. So I was like, fine, let's do it. So she took me to the quilt store, um, bought me my first quilt pattern and taught me how to use her sewing machine, how to piece blocks together, how to piece, you know, a quilt top, um, and then uh, we made this queen size quilt together, very scrappy. She gave me free reign over her, her um, scrap bins. And at the end, she was like, you know, you will love this quilt so much more if you hand quilt it. And so she helped me pin baste it um, and gave me a tiny, you know, traditional needle and thread and set me 
on my, on my way. And the way that she could rock the needle was something that for some reason I could not do and get the hang of. And I absolutely hated hand quilting at the time. (laughs) So I'm sorry to say, I hate admitting this, but that first quilt is still not finished, even (laughs) though now I've built, you know, a, a presence and a career for myself in hand quilting. I just think that's so funny that that first quilt, (laughs) I, you know, still haven't gotten the gumption to finish. So, you know, I I feel the same way. I haven't finished my first quilt. I started either. I wonder (laughs) if that's maybe a common thing for quilters is you never quite love that first quilt, but it's always fun to hear how people's style and everything evolves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that first quilt, I still have it somewhere, but it's, it's so scrappy. Um, and now my color palette is so much more muted, um, and neutral. And that one has, I think about, about a million fabrics in it. (laughs) (laughs) Very scrappy, very different. Yeah. So was it surprising to you how quickly you fell in love with quilting and the industry and then how you kind of carved this new career path for yourself in this industry? Oh yeah, it was completely unexpected. So like I said, I wanted to be in magazines and create content, be an editor. Um, And all of that was well and good, but I uh, had to pivot to marketing um, in the wake of the recession. And so didn't get to do journalism for a long time um, and slowly sort of found my way through marketing into uh, the craft and hobby industry. So my first job within that sector was for a company called Goodsmiths, and it was a startup that was trying to be a competitor to Etsy. Um, And there I met um, some really amazing people like Deb Oren, who became a quilt mentor for me. And uh, we went to QuiltCon and I found Modern Quilts and it just was like this eye-opening experience. And I was like, I want to do that. And so um, since then, I've kind of been lucky enough to be able to marry my two sides of my, my work, my creative side, and some, some of the communication skills I have into um, being in quilts, marketing and media, and then making these um, quilts for my own, um, my own business as well. Yeah. I love when businesses and and hobbies and passions all come together and it, it sounds like quilting entered your life right at the right moment. And it was very serendipitous. Yeah. Yes. And it kind of like grabs a hold of you. And like, for me, it just did not let me go. And so it's yeah. been 10 years since that first quilt and I'm, you know, still in love with it. So, yeah, that's great. So for our listeners that might not be um, as familiar with your quilting style and your aesthetic, can you kind of share that a little bit with everyone and kind of explain what you're, what you're drawn to, what fabrics or colors or techniques that you just find yourself returning to again and again? Sure. Yeah. So um, I work primarily in a a minimalist um, style. So my quilts are often like tone on tone, usually two fabrics, two colors per quilt. Um, There's a lot of like white backgrounds, um, maybe a pop of color, but also I've been really into naturals, um, rust colors and browns lately. Um, And the piecing is very large and minimal, uh, mostly to allow for uh, hand piecing or hand quilting to shine. So I use um, a big stitch uh, thread and needle. So I generally use sashiko needle and thread to create um, a high contrast hand quilting aesthetic. So the the quilting motif really becomes a part of the design itself and complements the piecing. Yeah, that's beautiful. I find that when I look at all of your quilt patterns, they're just so beautiful in their minimalism and you just have these controlled color palettes, which are just so striking and beautiful. Um, and their in their muted colors, it's just lovely. And I can look at one of those quilts and be like, yes, that is her quilt. I can kind of tell that right away. So I think Aww. you've really like found your your passion and your niche in that. Um, where do you find that inspiration for patterns or color palettes, that kind of thing? 
Yeah. So I take, uh, for colors, especially I take a lot of inspiration from home design. So, um, I, I love all of the beautiful, you know, saturated rainbow color quilts, but, but oftentimes those don't fit with the aesthetic that I am trying to curate in my own home. So I really, um, appreciate the trends that are happening in interior design. And I look to that realm for color inspiration. Um, and then as for shapes, it really kind of depends, um, on what I, what I'm drawn to at the time. So for my, um, most, you know, recent collection and the quilts I've been making lately, I've been in love with curves and I think they're just really fun to make. And they're really fun for me to hand piece, which is another handwork I've been really enjoying lately. Um, triangles are always, you know, such a great shape to create direction. And so I think for me, it really, uh, starts with the the design and the feel and like the the flow of the quilt, the 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 vibe of it that I want to create, and whether it's soft curves or whether I want to create some really harsh angles and lead the eye somewhere. Um, I don't know. I think shapes in general are just in themselves a huge inspiration for me. Yeah. So you mentioned your home decor and how you want your quilts to like fit in with your home decor and that inspiration. Um, can you, I'm always so curious to find out how people decorate their homes with quilts and what their own sewing space looks like. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Is it, do you have a dedicated sewing space? Are you lucky enough to have that? I do. Yeah. So my husband and I are new homeowners where we've been in our house for about a year. And, uh, one of the things that was important, important to me was to have a, a room for my sewing. And so I took one of the spare bedrooms, um, on our second level and, um, yeah, we ripped out the carpet. I have hardwood down here so that I can drop pins and sweep, you know, threads up pretty easily. Um, and I have a lot of Ikea hacks in my space. So it's, it's some Ikea shelves that serve as the base of my cutting table. Uh, and that's where I store bolts and books and fabric scraps and stuff like that. Um, and then I just have like a, a very large, um, finished like plank of wood from Home Depot that we sanded and um, treated as my work surface. So it actually, the whole thing deconstructs, which is really great. And I can move it around if I ever need to. Um, and then, yeah, one of my favorite things is decorating my space with quilts. So I have a, um, an Ikea curtain rod that has little clasps and you can, um, I hang my quilts on it so that I can change them out, kind of see, um, be inspired by some of my earlier work or like if I have made a quilt I love, it's, it's hanging on my wall for some time. So, um, and it's great for photos too. So. Yeah. Gotta love a good Ikea hack, right? (laughs) Oh, so many, so many. (laughs) That's awesome. Great. So another thing I love about your quilts is that they, they have this really modern aesthetic to them, but you also merge that with this like appreciation and love for traditional hand quilting, but you do it in such a new modern take. Um, I'm just wondering um, for any of our quilters listening that might want to try hand quilting for the first time, do you have any secret tips that you can share with them or, or tools you really love to use? Mm. Yes. So this is, this was big for me. So you remember I said, I hated the small needle and thread and I just felt like it didn't work. So that all changed when I just upped the size of my needle and thread. And so if you're a beginner and you're not, you're not liking the materials that you're using or something is not fun, I think, you know, quilting should always be fun. Um, Try something new. So I would, I use the largest needle I can find, which is generally a, like a a long um, sashiko needle that can be, you know, almost like two and a half, three inches maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the thread, you know, it's easier to 
thread it because the eye is fairly large and then it fits better in my hand. And so I can um, move my needle and thread in a way that feels comfortable to me. Um, and I've you really enjoyed that. Use that um, rocking motion with those longer needles or is that not possible? You can. Yeah. And actually I find that you can, uh, it's not quite the same. You don't maybe push with your, um, your, your middle finger, like mm -hmm. you would in traditional quilting, you can kind of grab the, the mm -hmm. needle with more fingers. Okay. Um, but you can load several stitches probably, you know, more than you would with a tr traditional needle on a very long needle. So I can usually load like five or six stitches on at a time and it goes pretty quickly. Um, and then also a, a fabric with a wider weave can sometimes be a breakthrough for hand quilters. So if you are struggling to push your needle through all the layers of your quilts or pull it out, um, maybe try something a little bit, uh, a little bit wider. So I love a linen blend that is a little bit more, um, less, less tight, tightly woven than a traditional quilting cotton. Yeah. Great tips. Do you have a different a type of batting you also like to use? Yeah. I love wool batting. Um, wool, wool is just a, a dream to hand quilt through. Um, I also like bamboo for hand quilting. Um, and yeah, those are, those are my go-tos. Okay. Yeah. You just create such beautiful texture in all of your quilts. So always curious about people's batting choices and how that influenced things. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And good tip about the trying something with a linen. I hadn't thought of that before because sometimes um, cottons or batiks are just so tightly woven. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. They're a little difficult. So great tips. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking, speaking of tools and notions, um, you also have an online shop called Material Goods. So that's super exciting. And it's such a beautiful online shop. I just have to say that you just curated it so well. And I'm just curious, how do you decide what to include um, in your shop? Are they all things mm -hmm. that you truly love yourself and use every day? Yeah. Yeah. So it started because I got so many questions from people where to source linen, which is primarily the Primarily Essex linen is what I use in my quilts because I love the drape and the texture and the weave, as I was saying. And so I was like, you know, I'll, I'll just start stocking all my favorites and and people who like my style can can come and shop shop here if they'd like. So so yeah. So my rule for um, for working you know, sourcing things for material goods is to only stock things I love or use, or um, I, I have a couple kits from um, a friend and I really admire her work. So I wanted to bring her aesthetic in and it's, I think, tangential to mine. Um, but yeah, all of the, all of the fabrics are, are ones I have used um, that I love and I, I can stand behind the quality um, and say, yes, I absolutely recommend these. Mm -hmm. And you also sell your um, patterns on there as well and any quilt kits too? I sell quilt kits. Um, yeah, you can find my patterns on reannalise.com, which okay. is a little different, but um, but yeah, there's, there's kits on there um, and my favorite notions too. So needles, thread, uh, scissors, um, and then my, like a marking tool, which I, I really love. It's a, just a mechanical chalk pencil. That's a dream for marking quilting lines. Yeah. I love when you find those tools that are like a game changer for you and you just want to like tell everyone and all your quilting friends about it too. So I know I want to like hand them out like Halloween candy, like try this, just try this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to love a good notion and, and a good tip from anyone else. that's like having success with things. So. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's Lindsay. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we have to take a quick ad break. We'll be right back with more from Rianne. So in addition to being a pattern designer and a shop owner, you also are a published book author. So 
you have a new book launching soon, correct? Or is it out now? Uh, it's out in the UK and Australia. And then because of sort of shipping difficulties and customs in the US, we have to wait until uh, a few a few more weeks. So okay. it's coming soon. Coming soon. And it's called Quilting by Hand. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So Quilting by Hand, um, it is... It was so much work. I have, I'm so proud of it. Uh, it's it's big and beautiful, and it's very meaty. Um, my my publisher and my editor kept saying it works really hard, which I I love. Um, it uh, it has um, a bunch of different cool patterns. I'm forgetting the exact number. I want to say it's like 17, but then a few more with the variations on size. But 17 quilt patterns that I designed, and then a whole section at the front on techniques and tutorials for hand quilting and hand piecing. Um, so I explain my my techniques for um, hand piecing, and you can even uh, make a quilt by hand start to finish. So if you wanted to hand piece it, hand quilt it, and then there's even um, a technique in there for using the backing as your binding. So you don't need to use a machine um, at all during the, wow. the process. Um, and then, yeah, just, um, you know, my, my favorite styles of, of quilts and great photography. And um, I just feel very lucky and, and proud of it. So um yeah, it's my baby right now. And it's, it's <laughs> super exciting. Oh, well, congratulations. I can't wait to see it in person. Um, it sounds like there's something for every skill level in there too, or if they want to try something new, uh, you walk them through all the steps they need to know. Yes. Yeah. So um, there is a, there is several very beginner friendly quilts. I like all of my quilts to be pretty accessible. Um, so there's, quilts that only use straight lines and kind of a strip strip quilt with borders. And then there's some flying geese quilts. Um, there's a, a variation of a nine patch where it just is, you know, squares sewn together um, in kind of a new way. Uh, and then there's quilts with templates and curves. So really, mm-hmm. if you are um, just starting out, any of the quilts are, are great for you. Or if you want to, you know, try some new skills and you've been quilting for a while, there's, there's also a lot to explore. Nice. Oh, I look forward to seeing it. That's great. Um, I'm curious too, when you are designing a new pattern or working on a new pattern, do you start with the, the quilt blocks or the, the design first, or do you always come to it with a, like a, since hand quilting is such a big part of your process, do you have that in mind or does the pattern dictate how you hand quilt it? Yeah, it kind of depends. So there's a few quilts that I designed that I like the simplicity, but I know that the hand quilting will really uh, accentuate the shapes and, you know, create new shapes within those piecing designs mm-hmm. that I really want to portray. And so those are designed with the quilting motif in um, in mind. And then there's others where the piecing, uh, I just am really excited about some shapes and I know that the quilting will be able to create direction or interest in the um, to accentuate the piecing. So, so it kind of, the, the quilting is always in the back of my mind when I am designing a piece, um, if it's not front and center. Sure. It's never an afterthought. Right. Yeah. No, that's, I love, I love integrating the two. I think, you know, the intention behind that, it feels, you know, very important to me. Yeah. And do you love the process of hand quilting, like the slowing down and the kind of returning to simpler time like is it mindful to you to quilt sit there and quilt yes absolutely so especially when um I you know it's it's on my mind now but when we were all sitting at home doing a lot of waiting and listening and researching and trying to figure out what was going on uh, something to keep my hands busy was very important um, for my well-being and so 
in times of stress or um, boredom or uh, just when I'm trying to work something out in my mind, you know, quilting can be such a meditative practice and really um, keep your, your, yourself seated in one position and get, keep your hands busy and let your mind kind of work on things or, or just, just relax. Yeah, it's perfect for that. So we're coming to the end of our time here and I always love to end with what I call rapid fire questions. So whatever just kind of pops mm. into your mind, uh, we can just say it. And I just have five questions I want to ask you. So, uh, All right. okay, let's do it. The first one, what step of the quilting process do you most enjoy? Ooh, uh, design. I think design, uh, it's the freshest and the newest for me and the others can be, they're still great and fun, but, uh, um, design is where I love the creativity that comes into it. Is there a technique that you still want to learn or improve at? I've never tried paper piecing. Um, I don't know if it's for me, but I would like to try it someday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, gotta try it. I've done a few and it's very different. I have to like wrap my brain around it every single time, <laughs> but super <Yeah>. fun, challenging. <laughs> what is something that you're currently working on? Yes. So I am currently working on some personal quilts for me, for my house. I just bought some new couches uh, that finally arrived uh, mm -hmm. after COVID and uh, they're um, made with Merchant and Mills linen, which is so drapey and beautiful and unfortunately very expensive to get in the U.S., but I'm, they're a dream to quilt with and I'm so excited to snuggle up with them when they're done. Mm, that sounds lovely. Uh, what's a current product you sell on your shop that you are obsessed with? Mm, there's two. So the gold handled Ginger dressmaker shears, it's just a really elevated, uh, scissor and it, you know, it's such a workhorse in my, um, my studio. And then, yeah, the, the chalk mechanical pencil, I cannot say enough good things about the Bowen chalk mechanical pencil that, you know, I use to mark dark fabrics with lines. Okay, good. I love that you have like two products on either ends of the spectrum a little bit too. So nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so my last question is, what do you love about being a quilter and being part of the quilting community? Oh man, so much. I love the quilting community. Everyone is so uh, amazing. You know, I'm constantly inspired by everyone's work on Instagram, um, all the reasons that they make quilts, all the people I've met in so many different industries um, and how everyone supports each other. Um, and I just love the, the, the flow of creativity. I think, you know, there's there's so much creativity out there and I'm just really, I feel very lucky to be a part of it. Yeah. There's never a shortage of inspiration out there for all of us. Yeah, exactly. Well, Thrian, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I've really enjoyed our conversation and I know our listeners will love it too. So uh, speaking of podcasts, you also have a podcast. I do. Yes. Uh, it was a passion project that is a it's, it accompanies material goods. And it's uh, in the same way that I only stock goods that I love. I only, um, I, I really just want to get to know people uh, and their work that I really admire. So I'm interviewing some of my favorite people and uh, sharing their stories with, with listeners. So That's great. it's super yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, we really admire you and we are so thankful to have you on the podcast today. So thank you for sharing us sharing with all of us your creative journey and all of your, your passions. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thanks. And where can our listeners best find and follow you online? Ah, yes. Uh, I am at Rianne.Elise on Instagram. Um, I'm there more often than anywhere else. And uh, online, you can find me at Rianne-Elise.com or at uh, materialgoods.us. Perfect. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. Hey, it's Lindsay. Thanks so much to Rianne for joining us. Uh, Rianne and I actually went to college together and we both started working in the magazine industry at the same company. So it's so fun to me that we both ended up working in the quilting industry. I mean, what are the odds of that? Um, and I just love following what she's doing and all the success she's having. So we'll link to Rianne's website, her new book, her store, um, and her social media so that you can connect with her more and support her. And before we leave, I just wanted to remind our podcast listeners of our best sewing hacks episode coming up. I've been getting some great emails from our listeners with their best tips and tricks to feature on the show, but I want more. I need all the tips. Um, they make me feel so smart to know all these great tips that you're sending me. Um, so send me an email by early November with your tip so that we can fit it into the show. I just love hearing all your wise words of advice, and I know that all of our listeners will too. So everyone have a great week, uh, a great Halloween if you're celebrating, and we'll talk to you all next week. all and thanks for listening keep in touch american patchwork and quilting is on facebook pinterest and instagram at all people quilt email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast and if you love the american patchwork and quilting podcast please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free and don't forget to rate and review the show it helps other quilters find us Have a creative week.